welcome back. I'm Shiko. I'm Yam. And I'm Gazone. And this is Oh, does it sound like uh it sounds like the song like at the beginning of like an Esmeralda, the way you started that thing? <laughs> Esmeralda, Nina, who is Esmeralda? Esme- Girl, the way you made us sing that song when we were young, you don't know Esmeralda? No, I don't know she who doesn't know Esmeralda. Esmeralda. She doesn't. Esmeralda was old. before her time. It was a, what, what she knows is Kwando Sesmia. Kwando Sesmia. immediately stopped. Yes. It sounded like you were starting one and of the songs. Okay, that's the one. Los yes. Colors. Yeah. Do you remember how she used to make us keep quiet in order for us to the one for songs? the gardener's daughter? Ah, uh, Shori, you have come too much. You I don't know that one. That's too much. <laughs> oh, Camila. No. Actually, Camila was so good. Like, Camila was the one. I think that was the best, like, telenovela that existed. That mm-hmm. one, no, Kwando says me. I'm not sure. But I feel like Camila was the one. There was a time even Camila was Kwando says me. No. Camila was not Kwando says me. Camila was another. Camila was Camila. You are right. Yeah. Camila was Camila. <laughs> the gardener's wow. daughter was done for the what three sisters. Lahi, Lahi had the, the gardenero. gardenero. Eh, Shori, Shori, no, Where? stop. Okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. Ask guys anyway, had a rich also cry. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I don't know that one. And Wild Rose. And Wild Rose. Tell us how your week was, Gadani. My week was... Excellent. My week was great. I have sunburn um because of being supportive to my sister. Yeah, because Nyam competed. Let me tell you, I was there screaming, doing for her videos. Did I think about my forehead? No. So you didn't I put sunscreen. Home. I put sunscreen. I put some but guys, I keep telling you guys I'm a princess. I don't think anyone understands. I had plus 50 sunscreen. And even then, my skin said. You were in the sun too long, Shuri. You were born for... <laughs> I was born to have someone carrying an umbrella around me. You know, that's what I was born <laughs> to do. But wrong century, unfortunately. Um. So, yeah. Uh, my week was good. Work-wise, very chill. Back from home a lot of last week because, unfortunately, there's a new COVID strain in the streets of Nairobi. Um, Whoa. And so was it COVID that your colleague said? I don't think it was COVID. Actually, no. It ended up being like a bacterial. Aki, the poor girl. You know, she needs to be serious because she's getting married in T minus five seconds and she's out here doing... <laughs> she's a joker. Anyway, um, I'm talking to her because I know she's listening. You're a joker. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in trouble for saying that. But yeah, so we worked from home. A lot of last week, which thank the Lord. I really like working from home. I don't like COVID, but work from home was my guy. That's the best thing that came out. It's the best thing. I'm like, who said offices need to come back? Who? I mean, we were doing well at home. I don't want you to bring back COVID, but bring back work from home. And then my weekend was chill. I got to hang out with my best friend on Sunday. We are so proud of ourselves um, because... We never hung out. I was talking to mom. She was asking me something about my best friend. And she's like, how do you not know? She's your best friend. I was like, don't try and understand our relationship. So 
that we hang out for real and there's like in public. I'm so proud of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. evidence. There's evidence, not only on our phones, but other people's phones. Look at God. It's so good. We're doing so well. We're so proud of ourselves. But that's how my week was. It was pretty chill. I'm so excited. I'm just like, oh my God, guys, my birthday's in a month, like two months. <gasps> what is yeah, I was like, a month. <laughs> yeah, because like, we're basically at the end of October, guys. Let's be serious. And November, no one counts November. So it's basically Christmas, which I'm just waiting for. Actually, my current excitement is waiting for Halloween to end so that I can put up my Christmas tree. When I say put up, I mean move wow. back to the sitting room because I never put it in its box. Thank you. <laughs> it's Christmas all the time in Gazoni's house, just in the bedroom. Now it's supposed to be Christmas in yeah, the I was room. Like, I removed it. So someone say I think I've mentioned this before, but someone was like, in their family they used to keep up the tree from Christmas to Easter. So I kept it till Easter, and then I was like, I think people will judge me if they walk into my house in May, and they find a tree. So I moved it to a room. It still gives me joy because it's still fully fully decorated. So I'm just waiting for Halloween to end like this. When Mariah Carey comes and says, it's time. Oh, I'm ready. Me and Mariah. <laughs> Me and Mariah. Anyway, that's how my week. Run down and set the fire. Hey. hey. Yeah. <laughs> how was your week? My week was good. Uh, the highlight of the week being in the competition. Um, it was really really intense and brutal uh even the little prep we thought we had done there was changes in the programming on the day so it was hey i really really questioned myself like how did i put myself in this situation you know um but at the end of the day i was very proud of myself as well um so yeah it was it was a good a good day overall. Um, and then on the weekend, we also had like a memorial Zoom with family members where we got to light candles for those who have gone before us. Um, and I got to light a candle for Nyawira. So that was also nice, just like a nice time together. Um, yeah. I'm still in recovery. I feel like my body is fighting me at the end of the day. Like the last workout had a lot of running. So uh, I'm feeling that impact in my knees. But and she really ran. Hey, I really ran. No, and by the way, let me tell you, I wasn't intending to run, but my partner is a runner. I was like, oh, I guess <laughs> I can't let the team down. Whoa. Wow. Sprinter, your partner, you also have competitive spirit in you. True, but I feel like if we had just been at our own pace, we didn't have to run that hard. Like if I had been the pace setter, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least uh, my coach has promised us an easy week on of mobility this week, just for recovery. So yeah, but it was a good week. How about you, Shiko? I think it was a pretty good week. Um, I spent most of it up in Michigan for a bridal shower. Christian's sister is getting married, his little sister. So I went up to Michigan for all the festivities and everything. 
it was a good weekend. The events went really well. Um, they did like the bridal shower, and then her mom threw like a personal bridal shower just with like the immediate family, um, to give her more like intimate gifts or whatever it is. Um, overall, the events went really well, but I am drained. You know when you just have to be on all the time mm. because I'm a bridesmaid and I was like doing a lot of things like helping out and everything and then on top of that I'm with family so mm. I felt like I needed to be on and I talked and talked and talked and had so many conversations right now I'm just kind of like downtime. I need I downtime yeah we came back well I came back last night um got here about like 10 30 and I just wanted to be like in quiet time. So I literally ran my bath at that po- at that time of night. And I was like, I just need to sit here in peace and silence for a couple of minutes by myself. Um, and then obviously slept and everything. And it's been it's been a long weekend, but overall really good and um good things happening, you know what I mean? Mm, sure. Yeah. By yourself, nice. do you mean you and your children? <laughs> In the bathtub, no, where? No, we the no not entering the tub, just there on the side. They don't sit with you. Yeah, you know, Maria Maria doesn't know how to be yeah, alone. The, so, like, yeah. sometimes I'll literally just be sitting in the bathtub. I'll hear the door open because she knows how to open doors. She's anti close to doors. On my, on my towel. She'll be like, hi, are you still in the This girl is a princess. <laughs> Like her, yeah. like her auntie. She does. She does. She scratches my towel like this, arranging it for herself, and then she'll sit there. Wow, it's the worst. <laughs> the best. But then when I come out yes. of the of the of the bath, I'm just full of her hair. I'm like, did I get clean or dirty? Who knows? Anyway, mm. spin the wheel. Let's do it. The record spins, spins, spins. Me a love of voice. Me a mala mala spin, spin. Me a me a me a. I was trying to get before the rainy. Dear Instagram, dear Facebook, dear Meta, whatever the hell you're calling yourself today. Please, can we put Elaine back on um Instagram? Because Rah. every time we try and play the spin song on Instagram, it's not there. Like, put it back in the collection. Hello? I know. Exactly. It had in a library. Wow. What did we land on? Where are we at? So um we landed on the on their on repeat. On repeat. So what I are you guys know. listening to? You know that Banner Boy song? Tested, approved, interested. Girl, come wine from my seat. Come give me that. You're just wiggling, being like, you know that banner song? <laughs> <laughs> you said, if the wine doesn't start before the song, is the song banging? Yeah, is the is song banging? Is it? Literally. Question mark. I love it? that song. I've been listening to that song a lot. Non-stop. And then also um, Victoria Monet. She has mm. her new her new album, Jaguatu, out. Mm-hmm. That girl needs to be the next Beyonce. I don't know who we need to talk to, but she's like a performer. 
I don't even I don't know like if you guys have seen her videos on TikTok or whatever it is. Victoria mm-hmm. Monet is out here performing. She gives me old school like loves the craft. She's an artist type girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she has real life choreography and she's singing while doing it and it's just like the world needs more of these people like Victoria Monet, not these Latina blue faces. Anyway, blue faces <laughs> wow, baby please. moms um Fast. has a song. And it's kind of it's it's called Barbie. It's kind of a banger. Which baby moms <laughs> now also? You have to be the OG. Yeah. You know OG now she's a fiance. You didn't see? I saw. Whoa. Let me tell you, I know so much about Blueface against my own will. Like seriously, <laughs> just in a chokehold, I know everything about him, Prishon, Prishon Junior, plus all him. of them. I'm just Meanwhile, like, please stop. Staring at you saying, what That's how I feel about Will and Jada. I'm also like, them. why are you telling us your business? Shut up. I am not in the... Take me out of the family group chat, please. Exactly why am I here? That. You said, hey, left has left the chat. Has left the group. Please. Please. Anyway. Well, myself, my jam currently is um, Anthony Brown and group therapy. It's called Up Up Up. Let me tell you, that song, eh? If you listen to it, you have to have a headphones or a car system like mine because it slaps. You know how, let me tell you how it slaps. You know how on TikTok they're like, would you slap your mom for a million dollars? That's how it slaps. Like, <laughs> it slaps. Guys, oh, it slaps like all those people saying, I'll slap her because we'll share the money after and I'll be forgiven. That's how that song slaps. It starts like with this little light of mine. Wow, you say Sunday school, and then it just does <laughs> do another bit. Oh my god! Even thinking about it, I feel like I can't sweat. What's so anyway, called? up, 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 Anthony Brown. It's like a 2023 nene release. It's a single release. But I mean, ah, the way I think, actually, my neighbors must be like, "Hearing about Nigeria, we know this song." The way I play that song, <laughs> when I'm coming in, obnoxious with my loud, loud, loud car. The whole neighborhood. If they don't know that song now, I don't, I've done something wrong. That's my song. <laughs> I have one. It's that nice. song. Listen to it now. Okay, not now. After yeah. the episode. Wow. <laughs> um, so I'm really feeling the Kenyan girlies in the R&B scene. Um, okay. First, big shout out to Lisa, who Ooh. was featured on Colors. Her, her Colors show Spotify. came out this she week. She killed it, man. Um, she killed it. So, For Keeps is a nice song. But who I've actually been listening to is Njerai. She has a song out called OTD. And they she even put out like an open verse challenge. You know, I see it a lot like with Eric Bellinger and, yeah, a lot of TikTok people will do it. And I yeah. really like some of the like entries that she's gotten as well. So I've been watching those on TikTok as well. So that's one of the jams I'm feeling currently, OTD, um, Lisa for Keeps. And there's another artist called Maya Amolo who dropped an album. She's also a young Kenyan babe, vibey. Um, so that's that's the vibe I've been on recently. And I think Zenya Manasseh is the next person on Colors. She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just she? like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel like yesterday. the Kenyan girlies are having a moment. Girlies. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And their music is such a vibe, honestly. It's, it's, such a vibe. it's just such a vibe. Yeah. If people say Kenya yeah, does so not have music, who are you listening to? Anyway, yeah. not, they're not, not that. They're not that listening. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Shall we jump into it? Let's, Let's do jump it. into it. So there. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode. We have a really special guest. It's one of my besties, the mother to my firstborn. It is none other than Web3 Gang Gang. Oh my God, she's a girl with an accent sometimes. She my baby girl. She my girl from like a long time ago. She's the friend who my children will call auntie even though she's not my sister because she's my sister. It's Melo! if you know you know if you are up to date you know you know if you don't know you but find out anyway so um so we're just going to we invited mel up here to piggyback on our conversation if you've been listening to season four um, she um, is one of my friends who happened to maybe have a child while we were in our youth. And we've talked about not mayhaps, mayhaps perhaps have had a child. And the world said, Shuri, are you doing it? And so we wanted to just talk about that as a different like perspective on the whole child situation growing up in the church african children you know how we do when you find out you're a teenager and you're like Ninaenda kulala wapi. where am i going to sleep tonight you know is that her experience we're about to find out so melop yeah. my first question to you is um tell us your story like just like what was the lead up to finding out you have caught a pregnancy yeah. Oh my gosh, okay, so grew up in church, for sure, <laughs> in the depths of it. Yes, that is where we met. Um, was very involved in the church as far as like youth programs. Was In my mind, I felt like I was destined to be a pastor. Um, that didn't exactly pan out the way I thought it would pan out, <laughs> or at least some type of leadership in the church. Um, and then... Uh, in 2008, I moved to the States for college, and it was at the point in time that I was working out my faith that I actually got pregnant, which was very weird. So my first year of college, I was pretty much just partying like everyone does at 18. You're, you're like, I've just left home. I'm having a good time. I'm partying. Um, so I was, I, was, I was really enjoying myself. I was in the streets. I was in the streets. And then... I think it was like closer to the end of my first year. I said, you know what? I got to get serious. I feel like if I'm going down this youth pastor road, I've experienced enough to like say, I know what the kids are going through. And I think it's time to settle down. <laughs> um, and as soon as I said that, my then arch nemesis, now husband, <laughs> reached out to me on Facebook and was like, hey, like, I'm headed back. Actually, I should say I was in Boston, Massachusetts. He and I were together at Rift Valley Academy. And we hated each other, but I was really good friends with his sister. And while I was in Boston, his parents were in New Hampshire, which is about 45 minutes away from where I was for college. 
So he was driving by to visit his parents or was moving back and was like, hey, I see you're like in the area. Can I come say what's up? And I was like, I guess. Now, backstory for us. So we hated each other in high school, but there was one night I used to work at the student center. There was one night uh, he came to walk me to my dorm and I was like, okay, that's suspicious. And then he was like, hey, do you want to make out? And I was like, of course. As I said, yeah, I've been for the creeps. Me, all my, all my sexual knowledge, I learned by myself, trial and error. So <laughs> I was like, of course, I'll try, no problem. So I'm like, okay, so how do you want to do this? I lean in for a kiss, he grabs my boobs and ran away. So I was like, you know what? I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. So when he called me, I was like, is that that is your time? Time. <laughs> hey, back is that you? Hey, back. But wow. of course now we are a little bit older and we're out of the high school setting, high school boarding setting. We're behaving a little bit like mature adults. And of course, you know, he was looking a bit better since he'd been out of high school for a while, you know, a little manly manly. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> so we hung out a couple times. <laughs> Hangout is the right word. Uh-huh. We hung out. And then on the third time, we hung out a bit too much. And we actually ended up having a fight. And I was like, I never want to see you again in my life. Three weeks later, I was calling to tell him I was pregnant. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. But, yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we really hung out. We really hung out. And at that point, I was uh, 19. Okay. And when I found out, actually, to be to be honest, the night that I got pregnant... I knew I was pregnant for some weird reason. I was like, I just know I'm pregnant. But it was weird because I was on birth control. I took the morning after pill. Like, I did all the things. Then I was like, nah, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Three weeks later, I walk into the cafeteria at school. I had a dance recital that that night. So I'm walking to the cafeteria. I smell everything that is happening in the cafeteria. And I'm just like, So then I was like, you know what, guys, I can't do this. I said, maybe I'm pregnant and I don't know. So I went, I took the first pregnancy test and I burst into laughter in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And someone was in there and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine, I just might be pregnant. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I said, but I think it's probably because I haven't eaten, so my hormones must be off. <laughs> you were like, when I was walking through that cafeteria, actually, I was, I was just hungry. hungry. I was just hungry. I just yeah. so, the food. So I took now... the pregnancy test away. Uh-huh. I went back to the cafeteria and I said, I'll just hold it in. I got food. <laughs> and then I'm walking. I walk back to the dorm. I take another test. Positive. I say, you know what? Maybe I'm just confused. Let me go for my dance recital. I'll be back. So I go for my dance recital. We're walking back and I tell one of the girls I was dancing. I was like, yo, I think I might be pregnant. She was like, huh? (laughs) I said, I'll let you know tomorrow morning. So I get back to my room. I took the third test. And I was like, well, I just put all three in a drawer. I closed it. And I sat down. And I looked at myself and I said, well, there's only one call I need to make right now. And that's my mother. After that, we'll see. So I call my mom. First and of all, I, I love like, your logic. She's like, you know what? This is not right. I'm hungry. <laughs> this is not right. I'm confused. I know. Is that 
thing of it's as if you eat the eggs and then the pregnancy test will be negative. It's like you are hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but you had a positive. Yeah. I love it. I don't yeah. think that's how so science works. So I called my mom and was like, hey, we know it's supposed to be a reason. I told her, my name, mom has something to tell you. Which for her, by this time, she knew was my like keyword for there's some drama about to go down. I apologize in advance. Which was the same same language I used when I was suspended. Same language I used when I was caught cheating. Like, <laughs> so she was like, what is it now? So I said, hey, now <clears throat> it looks like I'm pregnant. <laughs> she said, it looks like or you are. I said wow. it looks like <laughs> <laughs> because things could and change. then she said, "What happened? I thought we were going to wait until marriage." And then I said, "I tried," <laughs> and then there was silence. <laughs> and then it it clicked what I just said. I was like, eh. "Wow!" I tried, mom. I'm sorry. I'm pregnant. So yeah, she said. Anyway, have you eaten? I said. Yes. <laughs> I said, yes, I've eaten. And she said, okay, have you told your father? No. Okay, I'll call you in the morning. Okay, good night. And that was the beginning of the journey. And funny enough, like for me, that was the one call I was scared to make. After that, hey, I was like, guys, I'm pregnant. Because I've always, I've always wanted a kid. I think when I was 12 was the first time I realized, oh, I want to have kids. And at that time, I wanted to have 10 kids. But wow. then, wow. now I don't. <laughs> now I don't. <laughs> okay. Until anyway. three years ago, I wanted 10 kids. Not anymore. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. And now here we are. So how is yeah, it that so... then you ended up now telling your dad? What was that conversation like? Um, I didn't tell him. My mom told him. The the first time he and I had a... Actually, the first time we had a conversation on, like, a call was probably when I was three months pregnant. But at the beginning, my mom told him. And then he wrote me a very long email in all caps and in red letters. Wow. Um, did I read it? No. I still, to this day, do not know the contents of that email. <laughs> Yeah. yeah and he's never so, brought it up yeah no that he's never brought it up the the relationship for us at that point was very bumpy um even prior to that we didn't really I grew kind of apart from my dad because he left when I was probably four years old to go for higher education um he's an orthopedic surgeon so he went for all those extra things and then when he moved back he was living in Arusha for a very long time, building, setting up a hospital there uh, and going back and forth. Actually, at that time, he was living in Arusha. And then by the time, the day that I went into labor was the day he moved back to Kenya um, permanently. So we, we've had an estranged, we've had a distant relationship and then we had an estranged relationship because of the pregnancy and then have kind of grown through that. And then, of course, now we're in different countries again. But Yeah. yeah. So take me through the journey of like, okay, so you're in Boston for college and everything. How was it like telling your, was he boyfriend at that time situation? No, we were not talking at all. We were done. We had gone from a situationship to not talking at all. 
um, <clears throat> when I called him, actually, funny enough, when I, probably my junior year of high school, I had said to a couple of people, like, I don't think I would mind being a single mom. I would actually really love it. Um, so at that point in time, it felt like, ah, my dream has come true. It's a little early, but yay. Um, and before I called him, really the I think my thought process was I don't want in 10 years 12 years down the line for my child to be like hey where's my dad and for me to be the reason that she didn't have she didn't have that relationship with him I want and also for him I wanted that opportunity for, even if he and I weren't going to have a relationship I didn't want to be the one to impede their relationship so I said I'm going to let him know and then he has the choice to decide whatever he wants because at that time, I knew I was going to keep her anyway, regardless of what happened. Um, and so I called him at first. I think I called him maybe three times, left three voicemails, but he wasn't. Like I said, we weren't talking. We had an argument. So I ended up actually sending him a message on Facebook and I was like, guy, I'm pregnant. Call me back. <laughs> wow. Not Facebook. So hey, then he called me. Not even it's message Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't even messenger. It was in the. It was on the computer. In the inbox. <laughs> Typing it in the, in the inbox. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then he called me back and I was like, "Yep. Yeah, so, I'm pregnant. You don't have to be involved. I just wanted to let you know. Peace." <clears throat> so at that point, he was like, "Okay, I'm coming to see you." So he drove down that night. And I'm talking and this guy is like doodling in his book. So I'm wondering, what the hell is this guy doing? So I turn, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, um, the whole time he'd been drawing a ring in this book that he'd given me for his, uh, he's, he's a very arts and craftsy guy. So he turns the book and he tells me, do you want to get married? I'm like, no. <laughs> I said, do you have cows to give my mother? Are you mad? <laughs> He was like, but you're pregnant. You don't want to. I was like, ah, please, please, kindly. Uh I didn't tell you so that we can get married. I told you so that you know. And if you want to be involved, fine. But I'm, I'm not ready to get married. I don't think you are ready to get married. Let's just figure out what we're doing and keep it at that. So, yeah. Actually, really much. Spoiler alert! I I married him years later. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm surprised that that came out of me honestly I think it was less a, an, a factor of maturity and more an issue of selfishness in that moment because okay. for me it felt like marrying him was stealing my dream of being a single mom and I was like I want this baby to be mine this is my Gilmore Girls moment you're not taking it yeah. from me you know so yes too I, I, I want I want to claim maturity. I really wish I could, but I think in that moment it was really just a selfish moment for me. Mm-hmm. For me, it's so interesting I appreciate that, that you could have grown up in the church and you wanted to be a single mom. Isn't that like going against everything you had ever been taught in your life? Absolutely. Um, but then again, if you remember, I went against everything because I was the kid who used to come to the to church in the morning with my with my clothes from clubbing the night before. You know? <laughs> Like, you leave the club at 6 a.m., you're in church at 8, because, you know, <laughs> your parents you have to go to church regardless. 
So if you want to meet here, yeah, have to come to go from wherever I came from. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I used to sit back bench smelling like all the you know alcohol they've drunk the night before. And yeah, yeah you smile and wait, yeah. and then you say, God yeah, bless, yeah, yeah. I'll be a youth pastor soon. The irony of it all. Yeah. <laughs> I should not tell people I'm just I'm just an experiential learner. And I feel like if I know this well, I can guide people through it. 100%. Words of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> so you leave the States and then come back to Kenya. Like, what was the society or, like, even the church, your community's reaction? Because did you finish? Um, you didn't finish college. You came home so that you could, like, have that community, right? So what ended up happening, actually, I was, I came home to visit. I was supposed okay. to be home for a month and then come back to the States. Because by the time I was coming home, I'd already talked to my school about essentially facilitating me being a single mom and being able to come to school. And then at the same time, I had, there were community, I want to say organizations that were specifically focused at black, black single mothers that I had tapped into that were essentially going to be my place to lean on um, as I went through this whole situation. But then when I, at that time also, we had a bit of a clash with my future mother-in-law at that time and my at that time baby daddy's parents because of what we thought was the wise thing to do with a 19 and a 20 year old having a child are we really ready to have this baby do we want to give the baby up for adoption like what are we doing and so because of that clash I was like you know what I need a break so I went home for a visit it was supposed to be one month and then I was going to come back and finish school and do everything. But then after a month home with my mother, who was babying me and loving me and all this stuff, I was like, <laughs> I just called the school and I was like, I called the school and I was like, hey, I'm not coming back. Like, I'm really sorry. That scholarship can go to someone else. <laughs> I'm home. I'm just going to stay here. Um, and I think, honestly, that was the best decision that I made um, in, the whole, in the whole situation, partly because my mom played a very pivotal role in how I saw myself as a mother. Um, but also, I think having friends like Kadoni and Wambura and all of them was really good for me. Because <clears throat> now going back to the question that you had asked about the church, um, there, funny enough, there were three of us who had gotten pregnant at the same time. Um, and all three, all three of us had very different experiences. Um, for me, I think, I think the world kind of, and this is inclusive of the church, they, it reacted the way that I, with the energy that I put out. Because for me, like I said, once I told my mother I was pregnant, it was mine. I was happy. I was excited. I was just gearing up to go. And I think <clears throat> this is kind of a theme that I've also seen in other parts of my life is that a lot of the times there are things that, yes, society doesn't like when I do. And obviously it's like, eh. It's not it's not part of societal norms, but then there are times that it's very forgiving because of my personality. So when it comes to like how the three of us experienced my pregnancy, I think I had the I had the easiest time because I felt like so many people in the church had ostracized these other two girls and had been like, Oh my gosh, you know, how could you make this decision? Blah 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 blah. Whereas like for me, so many were approaching me and telling me, Oh, now you can teach the girls that come after you you know, what to do and what not to do. Your experience can help change other people's lives and all this. So I would say the church was accepting 
to some extent. And specifically those who knew me in the church. And then there was the other side of the church, which was especially church leadership that didn't take it out on me, but they took it out on my mom. So at that time, my mom was an elder in the church. So one, she got kicked out of the elders board because of me, which I thought was very stupid. And then at the same time, the leadership would constantly come to her and tell her, oh, your daughter was seen in the club. Oh, your daughter was. And And I would always ask my mom, like, "Okay, who saw me? Is it because I was. I'm like, I'm like, I was with their kids in the club. I was like, I was with their kids in the club. So if if they're judging me for being in the club and they're judging you for your child being in the club, I was with their kids. So like, yeah. what are we talking about? So I think there were, in that regard, as far as like the wider society, there was bigger, I want to say, like my parents were more collateral damage in the, in the broader sense of the church and the community. For me, the hardest part was dealing with my closest relatives um specifically my dad's sisters and if they hear this podcast they'll be pissed but it's okay they're blocked on all platforms it's fine (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is all aunties and uncles everywhere this is our job it's okay we're hated by all aunties and uncles so it's fine you know like yeah yeah so i think for, for for me the hardest part was they saw they felt that i had essentially tarnished my father's image right and I mean, if if there are people out there who know the Marillas, there's a certain image that they like to keep. And essentially, I had just, like, not just my father's, but now the whole Murilla name. Which, for me, I was like, well, that's on you guys. Me, I never put myself on a pedestal. So, yeah. if you're upset that I fell from Greece, that's because you put me somewhere where I never put myself. Now, if I had put myself there, fine, I can maintain that for you. But I didn't put myself there. I know who I am. I've always been true about who I am. So best of luck, me, I'm going to enjoy this pregnancy. Um, and that didn't sit well with a lot, a lot of people. Um, at some point, you know, I was told I'm a prostitute. My cousins would come and sleep over and I was, <laughs> one of my cousins ended up dating one of my neighbors. I didn't even know they knew each other. They met somewhere else and they started yeah, dating. Somewhere. And then, yeah, and then, no, even, not even in the estates, like yeah. in the club somewhere oh. else in some other circles. But then because they were my neighbors and my cousins would come and sleep over, I was told I had prostituted my cousin. Like, there was just a lot of wow. nonsense around it. Rehab, is that true? Um, <clears throat> and then, of course, yeah. <laughs> which I always said, I'm a, really, I'm a really stupid pimp because why don't I have Range Rovers in my own house? <laughs> why would I think people out of my father's house and You're not doing upgrade? It badly. Quite honestly, you know, I like... If if I felt if I felt like you wanted to follow that path, you would do it so well. Like you would not right? be, you know excellent. What I mean? like, yeah, so. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be strapped, man. I would be oh. over there in Runda with my 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 multi multi mansion, whatever, you know? Exactly. Driving three ranges. So I, I used to sit and just look at them like, guys, honestly, you think that low of me that I would not be good at this job? Come on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. That's the path I'm choosing. Yeah. I'll be the best. Don't worry. Exactly. Yeah. So what I'm curious but... about is now after you have do you think that that's changed after you had the baby? Like did you feel like these attitudes that people had towards you, whether positive or negative, um continued even after you had had the child? Because usually you know people can be mean when you're pregnant. Um and then 
they're like, oh, but a child is a blessing, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the attitude towards me changed specifically because of access to the child. I don't think it was necessarily, oh, the baby's a blessing, let's change our attitude, because there was still this underlying conversation that was happening of me being a prostitute and all these things, and um, <clears throat> I guess not amounting to anything. Um, under this also overarching conversation of, yes, now I'm the mother, you have to be nice to me in order to have access to my child. Um, I think the one person that really did a big 180 is my dad. Um, but for him, I think it was, well, actually not not just my dad, but one of my other aunties. And both of them, it was them wanting to build a relationship with the child, but it was very little to do with building bridges with me, which I was like, hey, it's okay. Um, but obviously, I think that definitely put a limit on how they had access to TJ. Because for me, access to my children is based on also how you treat me, right? So if you treat me badly, who's to say you're not going to treat my child badly when they don't conform to what you think is right? Mm. Because the only reason you're upset with me is because I have done something that you do not deem as right. So you have, because of that, now you and I are not talking, but you want to talk to me just because you can talk, just so you can talk to my child. Um, so I would say in that regard, attitudes changed but not because they were built mending bridges but they wanted access mm. to the child now i think there are okay there are some of my aunties who we had a conversation with by conversation i think it was it's just it was just really me putting boundaries because i was like i understand what all of you have to say i understand why you're upset but this is my choice and if you want to be in my life it's okay if you don't want <laughs> Gucci. You can also leave. Like, imagine I won't die. I'll breathe. So I, I think for some of them, they didn't expect that. Some of them expected me to be like, it's whatever you say. I am wrong. I will supplicate myself because I'm forever going to be a harlot. You know? <laughs> she said supplicate. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So oh, wow. it's been, yeah. And I think attitudes continue to change, even over the years. It's taken a lot of people a very long time to get over that first pregnancy, um, even after getting married. Um, and then even even after getting married, there's a lot of pretense that came up with how with attitudes that people had about the first pregnancy. Of course, the people who are like, "Ah, you amount to nothing." After I announced that I was getting married, they're like, "We always knew you would be so, you know." Wow, you would surprise us. You would succeed. What advice would you give yourself, your 19-year-old self, if you were to go through it again? Knowing what I know now, um, I would definitely be pro-abortion. Okay. Um, this, um, and that's not to say that I'm not happy that I have Taraji. I think having, having her so young was... Uh, blessing and it was a mixed blessing let me say that right I think having her young allowed me to experience motherhood in a way that would allowed me to grow up with my child and in a sense also grow up in adversity that would allow me grace 
for her. I think I have so much more grace for my daughter because I know what it feels like to make what other people would see as a mistake um, and and come out on the other side of it and understand that the process of coming, not, and not even completely coming out on the other side of it because I think parenting her now also triggers a lot of my traumas that I have to continue to face. But those traumas wouldn't have existed if I hadn't had her at 19. And, I, and again, those traumas have allowed me to have grace for her and have grace for my children as well, my subsequent children. Um, I would tell myself, if I, if I was to make the same choice again to keep the child, there are a few decisions in life that I think shape who we're going to be in very impactful ways. Um, that we are not cognizant of because a lot of the times we're so busy trying to deal with the issues of life that we forget some of the small things. I think I would tell past self to be more self-aware. I think there's a lot that I missed of TJ growing up because I was growing up too. We essentially have grown up together. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that I missed because I lacked self-awareness. I was just going through life and I wanted to have all the fun. I wanted to have all the things now, 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 because at some point I won't have this and I'll have to be like a super focused mom, (laughs) you know, and, and I was trying to do so much that I missed a lot of the small things, even though I had a really good experience with my daughter, even though I had a really good experience understanding her, I think there's a lot I also missed in regard to my relationship with my mom as well. Um, and a lot of that has been retrospectively me looking back now, because now I'm 34. I have, I'm essentially a full-time mom with no help other than my spouse, who is <laughs> in the military. So he's, I'm a solo parent a lot of the times, right? So now I'm looking back and understanding the role that my mom played. I'm looking back and understanding the role that Dory, who was Hanani at the time, played. And understanding the dynamics of what that looks like in regard to having that backup. Um, and and also looking at, you know, what my friendship group look, looks, looks like and looked like at that time. Um, I think, you know, having friends like Gadonu who can, like, set you straight. You know, I think for me, <laughs> there was a lot that my parents could say that would go in one ear and out the other, of course. And Gadonu and Wambu or Masi would say, I'm like, you know, it makes sense. Actually, as if I didn't hear my parents say it the first time. And a lot of people don't have that benefit. A lot of people don't have that friend group that can truly, like, check you and be like, okay, you're being foolish. Stop being stupid. Get in line, you know? I think that was very crucial. But I also, again, because of lack of self-awareness, a lot of those moments passed me by and I didn't see the full value of them. It is only now that I'm seeing the value of what, that is right um I would also tell my past self to I would say slow down um I think because I was in such a rush to experience my late teenage years (laughs) I was in such a rush to experience everything I got myself into more trouble than was necessary my, I think, you know, even as, a, and as, as an experiential learner, I think there were things that I didn't have to experience. 
but I experienced them because I was just I was rushing through life. So I would yeah, I would tell her, it's okay, slow down, you'll get there. You still won't have shit figured out at thirty four. So <laughs> yeah, lifelong journey. You will seriously look <laughs> We know nothing. So, and it's so funny because there are times when I look at my kids and I'm like, Who said I can have children? Who said it is okay? For me to have kids, you're like a hundred percent unsupervised. <laughs> there are times when I sit there, I'm like, I am unsupervised with these children. What? Yeah. So <laughs> I want to take you back a bit to where just before you got pregnant, you're in this place for, I mean, spiritual discovery, that kind of thing. So, um. What did having a baby or being pregnant that young and everything like that do to your, like, spiritual journey? Discovering you to become a youth pastor. There's hope. There's hope. I, so, I actually, I let go of that completely. There's no hope. (laughs) I have completely left the church. No looking back. No tears. No, no turning back. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not a hint to say you left the church. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Girl. I left the church and I'm not trying. Anyway, that's that's a whole story for another day. But I think, honestly, I think um, getting pregnant was the beginning of my deconstruction, and I didn't know it until I really got into deconstruction. Um, I think it it helped me to begin to see the underbelly of the church, and it wasn't pretty. I think it was a struggle between wanting to hold on to what was the foundation of my youth and all the years leading up to 19 that I was in the church and had really um, fallen in love with what the church looked like and and the people and the relationships that I'd built there to coming on the other side and being able to critique something that I loved without necessarily being biased and being willing to say, I can be critical of this thing that I love without necessarily beginning to hate it. Um, so there was that struggle. Eventually I, I, I ended up hating the church, but, and trying to build a relationship or a new understanding of what God meant to me. So I think that was the catalyst. One of my kiddos has come to say hi. You want to say hi? Hi, Zuzu. Hi, Mama. Hi. Hi, Zula. Oscar, you're not saying hi. She's having snacks. What would you tell, like, if you were to put yourself in the other people's shoes, like now the people who are supporting you, your parents' shoes or your auntie's shoes or whatever it is, like, what would what advice would you give them if they have a child or something like that going through the situation that you are going through? How can they be better supports or whatever it is? I feel like the first thing that comes to mind is be, lo- be more like my mom, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the thing that I appreciated about my mother is that through the whole process, she never she never pretended to not be upset. She never pretended to not be disappointed. She never hid her, her true feelings from me. But she also found space to be gracious to me. She found space to be understanding of my situation. Um, I think, so she always found space to be gracious to me and understanding to the experience. And the benefit for her, I think, was because she's a psychiatrist. So she understood the mental health side of things. But then she's also a mom. 
and she understood essentially what I was going through. The funny thing is, most people that critiqued me and were upset about the choice that I made were people who are childless or um, some by choice, some by life has just not allowed you to have that thing. So, science. (laughs) So, my advice would be, and I... Funny enough, this is also something I'm learning. I did not put on Bluey, but you can go put on Bluey if you'd like. Um, funny enough, I feel like this is something I'm also learning with my kids when it comes to gentle parenting or conscious parenting, whatever you want to call it, is the idea that you learn better from the... Con- like, you'll always have a consequence, right, to your choice. And any discipline, any discipline or punishment that we add on top of that just exacerbates the situation. It doesn't necessarily teach them anything, right? It's it's really more about making them aware of the consequences. Um, and I think that's what my mom allowed me to go through is the consequence of my choice. It was it was scaring me back to hey 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 we're not gonna fight over the phone, okay? No. Hey, listen, listen, baby, baby, it's okay. You can have the lip pad, okay? Zula, why don't you go sit in the living room with your sister and you can sit on the couch together and you can share the phone, okay? Okay. Okay, go share with your sister. I'll be right back, okay? I'll be right with you. I'm almost done. Oh, mom. Killing the mom game, right? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I think the one thing no one can tell me is that I'm a bad mom. Like, I think you can tell me, but I, it will never sink in my spirits. Like, you can tell me anything else. I'm ugly, my body looks bad, my my accent is bad. Like, you can tell me all these things. But a bad mom, I look at you and be like, please, next. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one part, let me tell you, my ego is so big. Even when I mess up, I'm like, it's okay, we are messing up together. <laughs> yeah, so I think my mom always had a gentle hand as far as redirecting me in regard to look at the consequences. And then at the same time, voicing her concern about what I was doing. Um, and one thing I can appreciate is my mother never let her feelings be the reason I make decisions. Um, <clears throat> because, and, and I, saw, I saw this with like, that was one of the mistakes I made with TJ and I've, I've worked very hard to like rectify it, is saying things to her like, how do you think that makes me feel? How do you think I feel when you behave? At that point, she might change her behavior, but it's just to make me happy. It's not because she's learned something from the things that she's done wrong or the consequences of it. Mm. Um, and I, I feel like my mom did really well to say, I I feel upset about this, but you have to make the decision as to how you feel about the consequences of what you're going through now. So I would say that that would be my advice to the others who reacted in <laughs> whatever way they can is, you can accept your feelings, but your feelings don't have to dictate how you interact with someone else. And if you know that you're going to be negative about it, just give them space. Leave them out of your life. They don't have to be there. You don't have yeah. to have that relationship. So, yeah. If you can't have grace for somebody, it's okay to take a break for them from them for a while. Or forever. <laughs> or forever. Honestly, yeah. That's something our culture needs to learn more. Not everyone has to be in your life all the time. You need to like, cut yeah. it. If you're not adding, what's the point? Cut it. Anyway, cut to it. wrap up our conversation, what's your favorite part of motherhood? Oh, um, I think 
it's so okay it's different with each child to be honest with my teenager now i'm at that i'm at that place which i never thought i would get to but i'm in that zone where i'm like i just want my child to think i'm cool you know so it's really fun when she tells me well, I know it's fun when she or like I want their friends to think I'm cool. So, so like have some of her friends follow me on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, you know, or <laughs> you made it. Oh, oh, and she like voluntarily wants to hang out with me. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best day ever. What do you want? Sometimes I go overboard and I mess it up, and she's like, okay, I'm done. But for the most part, I'm like, yay, you <laughs> um for the little ones i think the coolest part is um honestly watching them grow for all of them i guess as a as an overarching theme is watching them grow but also watching myself grow through them because i think one thing that as children we don't get to see as our parents or our parents don't let us see them growing our parents don't let us experience them learning new things or learning from their mistakes, which is another thing I've tried to do with my kids, especially well, with TJ specifically, because she's older, she can understand. Like when I make mistakes, we have conversations about the mistakes I make. So we sit down and I tell her, hey, this happened the other day. This is what I've learned from it. What do you think about it? And we have conversations when she wants to talk to me, of course. <laughs> So I think I think that's a that's a really cool cool thing and it's it's again this goes back to that self awareness thing is the the beauty of what self awareness gives me is being able to show my children that I'm a human being and also accept that I can grow with them in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Thanks for yeah. sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so rock. I talked a lot. That was the point. Mukitaka part two. I am open. Ah, Even we part always three. welcome. Even part mm-hmm. three. After three, after five, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 where can they find us? Um, you can find us at OKKiasi okay everywhere on social media. That's O K A Y K I A S I. Dying. And if you are not a social media person, write us an email at OKKiasi on Gmail. Oh, at gmail.com. Like I say always, two of us are single. Send a DM. Anyway. Not in capital letters and red, but just write an email. You know, wow. if it's red and capital letters, wow, we wow, won't wow. read it. Thank you so much. down in the Write Gadoni personally. I don't think Nyam wants your DMs. Anyway, I'm Shiko. I'm Nyam. And I'm Gadoni. This has been OK Kiasi. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye.